What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Day Cable Presents podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the program once again. Stoked to get into this episode. Uh, if this is your first time listening, there's a podcast coming at you every Friday. If you want to help the show out, please hit subscribe in the iTunes. Hit rate and review. Give it five stars. Say a few nice words. It is much appreciated. It helps the show shoot to the top of the iTunes charts. Um, also, if you subscribe, then uh, the new episode will just pop into your feed every Friday and you won't have to worry about downloading and whatnot. It'll give you a nice little notification there. You can also visit the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel where you can find in-studio performances as well as some live show performances there. Uh, I want to say thank you to all the folks that rolled out to the holidays party at Alberta Street Pub. Um, that was a, that was a killer night. It's uh, I knew it was going to be rad, and uh, it definitely exceeded my expectations. And I think that was just just the people that showed up. The hang was super solid and and killer good vibes in there all night. And all the all the artists just crushed it. And uh, yeah, very very pleased and stoked to uh, have my name associated with with all those artists so thanks thanks to everybody that rolled out and thanks to the bands for uh just just killing it and yeah it was it was rad you should have been there you should have been there but uh if you weren't you know more more good shows to come uh, as far as calendar dates um the only one that i can think of at the moment uh coming up in a few weeks the portland folk festival is going down at uh, the White Eagle. It's on January 20th, so a few weeks out. It's a good lineup, though. It's Shane Brown, Hammerhead, um, Fox and Bones, and man, I'm I am spacing right now. I should have I should have looked it up. Oh, it's those Willows. That's what I was thinking of. Those Willows is on the bill as well. It's going to be a good show down there. So Portland Folk Festival going down January 20th, Saturday at the White Eagle. So check that out. Um, other than that, just kind of closing the year out here. So I hope everybody's having a nice holiday season. And I um, hope everybody's stoked for, for New Year's. Uh, and, you know wrapping another one up and getting getting ready for a new one i'm super pumped to uh start getting into the new year as we creep closer to episode 100 which is wild and um you know getting plans together for that trying to trying to build up a nice catalog of episodes before we hit that number 100 also the tribe mars documentary is officially done edited ready to go so working on a premiere date for that, hope, hoping to do something in February, so stay tuned. And then it'll also obviously be available on the YouTube channel So for, for everybody to, to view via the internet and whatnot. So that's it, though. That's it. Um, 
just want to say, you know, thank you again to everybody that rolled out to the party. And thank you for all the supporters out there. It's crazy that um, we're wrapping up year two here, pretty much. So, this episode, episode 90, hung out with Nick Anderson, who is the front man for a band called The Rex. They're based out of Los Angeles. And they came through Portland last week and played the analog on the, on their tour. And um, yeah, it was, a, it was a pleasure to get to hang with Nick and, and learn about the Rex. And they have, uh, they have gained traction very quickly in um, kind of an unorthodox way. So it's... Uh, it's kind of crazy to to hear about their story and whatnot. Is that they have three songs out right now? That's it. But they um, are definitely doing a lot of touring and getting some some cool opportunities. So um, yeah, appreciated Nick Nick hanging out with me and and, and chatting it up. This is a, a fun fun hang with him. And uh, there was definitely a sound check going on, so that might bleed in a little bit. I don't, I don't think it, it gets in the way too much at all, but. You might hear some drums pounding away or whatever. We're hanging out in the green room there at the analog. So uh, we're gonna feature some tunes. Uh, there, there are three available tunes that you can find on on iTunes and and Spotify and whatnot. You can also uh, they're gonna be coming back to Portland um, in the next few months, opening up for New Politics. So that's a big tour for them. So let's do it. Let's get into it. This is episode ninety. With the Rex, we're kicking it off with a, a jam called Turn It Up. You ready? Let's do it. Cool. The Rex, everybody. Taste 
Nick Anderson, singer, frontman of the uh, the Rex. Yeah. What's shaking, man? Uh, nothing shaking. Bacon, shaking, um. <laughs> shaking, bacon. Raking, raking, shaking, and bacon. Yeah, hanging out with y'all here at the the analog here in Portland, Oregon, um, rounding out the the end of this tour for you. Yeah. Um, looks like you've suffered an injury, quite possibly, on this this uh, tour with the the brace that your leg is in. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, apparently, the uh, equation toward a broken ankle is uh, one part uh, being stuck in a parking lot. For a few hours and two uh, uh, two parts being a fucking idiot, so that's <laughs> so that is what it that's honest. To. Yeah, I like um, it. I was uh, we were stuck in a parking lot because our trailer had an issue. The bearing had fallen off, and then there was just a bunch of shit that I don't understand about trailers. So we called Trevor. Um, look, great guy. Drug ref, like drug casualty, drop out of high school kind of guy. Great guy, <laughs> like super sweet dude. Had to literally go do crack in the bathroom of the gas station in between fixing our trailer. But again, great guy. Did the job. Um, yeah. He, the friends he was you back make on there the road. for like seven hours fixing this thing. Like nice. he was not. I, I honestly probably would have done crack myself if I had to do it that long. But he, uh, he so we, I, I don't know how long it was going to be. So I'm out there throwing a tennis ball around uh, with some of the guys. And it's all the only kind of act, like activity. And I felt like I was moving around for the first time on tour. And I was like, all right, I'm getting some exercise. So. Uh, one of the throws, I kind of really went for it. Uh, I like ran and did like a, I don't know if anyone listening follows baseball, but I did a, they call it a Jeter throw, like Derek Jeter. You like you run up off one foot and you, while you're in the air, you kind of rotate and throw the ball. Perfect strike to the first baseman, you know, right to the goal. Absolutely. And so I, uh, I did that, uh, except <laughs> when I was in the air about two feet up, uh, the right where I was landing, the 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 shitty gas station in the middle of where were we, Arizona in the middle of yeah somewhere in Arizona, right near Yuma, and so uh, the 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 this shitty gas station near Yuma in Arizona had like the 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 parking lot was not well uh, paved over and there was a crack in the concrete and my ankle went right to the crack and snapped completely sideways. And I could hear it pop. And I've rolled my ankle in sports in high school plenty of times, so I knew immediately. I, I, I was, like, seething in pain, holding my leg up, just going, all right, I need ice, ibuprofen, and to keep it elevated, someone <laughs> carry me to the van. I'm going to lay there for 12 hours, please. <laughs> and that's what happened. So you're blaming it on I went on to the, the ER the lot. next morning. You're blaming it on the parking lot, though. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, is, is, is the hardest part about, about touring is, is filling those, those empty hours? before getting to the actual venue and, and being crammed in the van? Um, no, the, the, I think the hours, um, I think the most downtime there are is when you're at the venue, bef- uh, after sound check, before the show starts. Usually we'll, we'll pop out and grab something to eat or you know explore some of the local restaurants and stuff like that. But um, times like today, we're all just kind of hanging out, eating too many peanut M&Ms and, and chips and salsa and doing a podcast. And it's, you know, it's, you're not, you're not, and the kiwi, yeah, we learned a lot about kiwis today. Sorry, side note, a little bit of a tangent. <laughs> no, I, Aaron and I tried our first actual kiwi today. I, well, at least I did. Wow. And, it's a uh, big, de- big and day. And the seed, the seed just 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 resonates in your mouth. The seeds just like they, they 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 create like a habitat around your gums, and then just keep giving back some sour tastes afterward. No, it's it's been amazing actually because you've been you've been you know talking about this kiwi pretty much since I I got <laughs> in this room. Which is like it's up. like it's like really amazing like how into you it you are and like just how you're just like your mind has been blown by this kiwi and it's just like watching somebody that's maybe smoking weed for the first what time or, or you know <laughs> it's like one of those times where you where you just get no no usually it's nice and sweet 
Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> so I ate some bad kiwi. Whatever. But uh, no, I, I think the the van rides are are easy because those are you you can lean against the window and sleep or just watch Netflix or read or YouTube videos or Twitter. You, it's amazing how many hours you can spend on Twitter. Um, and yeah, so the, like today we had an eight hour van ride, uh, and it was it was easy. It was fine. Um, yeah, I feel like in this current age. It's it's very important to have oh, a social. Oh, fuck in the '90s or like the yeah. '80s. Like, wow, I cannot imagine. Yeah, but I also feel like there's kind of now this demand for you know a social media presence and and all this transparency. Do you do you feel like that's overwhelming? Yeah, sometimes it's very true and it's tough. So we usually have a photographer on the road with us, and that keeps that makes the transparency in the online content very easy to keep up with because he'll he'll send me sixty photos. I run all of our social media accounts, and he'll he'll send me sixty photos a day, and I. Can post just four or five and it's really easy it's like i can show like the funny behind the scenes stuff i can show some of the coolest uh live show and it's easy it's a post done he's not on the uh, on the second run with us so we've been doing it's been uh uh like 15 shows without him and you quickly learn the struggle of like keeping people updated and and, and it's just like we're not very we live in the moment as a band like we we very rarely are posting a lot about what we're doing and that's just in our nature as people which i mean there's nothing wrong with sharing i think that we just don't naturally do that as much so we'll you know if we i noticed that we all <laughs> for the first time actually took like a video of a sunset we drove past <laughs> an insane no sunrise it was, a, it was like six in the morning we all took a video of it and i looked at everyone's stories and we all took the same thing but usually we're not we're not posting much so when we don't have a our photographer i'm finding myself struggling like looking for photographers who are at our shows like trying to find pictures they took and credit them and and then during the day I'm like, there's nothing interesting happening because because yeah. you think your life's not interesting, right? Like we're convinced that it's just we're just hanging out. But when you've got a photographer who takes really cool, funny behind the scenes photos of you just being yourself, you can then look back later and be like, oh, this is something that people might might have wanted to see. Or like, so the transparency becomes a, a a much easier thing when you have someone capturing your life all the time, almost in a documentarian style. So uh, so shout out to Kyle Lehman, our full-time photographer. Uh, he, he's, a, he's amazing at what he does. And he, uh, I just did a, a tour diary thing that's going to come out soon that kind of shows that and shows what, how important he is in the behind the scenes of sharing who we are as a band and the transparency that goes along with that. Yeah, that's very cool that you have, have some money along, along the road for, like, for something like that most of the time. That's very cool. We've been touring with him as a photographer bef way before we could afford it, and we still can barely afford it. It's just, I, I, I just, I tell people, like, to tell bands, invest in your photographers, like, it's really important to that there's that there's proof of what you're doing because yeah. people want to see that and it convinces other people to come to your shows like holy shit look at the people that crowd serving and there's mosh pits and there's like and then like oh look, we gotta buy our tickets like people say that I can see these comments it's like how are you not investing in in memories and in what you're actually doing agreed yeah. man and I think those those are definitely the photos that are very engaging and cool opposed to you know it's 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 cool when bands do like the the photo every night out into the crowd right. like themselves but. There's nothing like seeing like seeing something that actually cap captures the energy of yeah. the room while you're playing. So I, I think that's very cool, and I think it's also very cool that that you guys don't necessarily do a lot of that when you don't have somebody helping yeah. you out with it. Just right. because I think it's it is easy to fall into a hole of doing that and like focusing too much energy on on these these goofy social media posts, which it's very cool how it how it connects people and and yeah. helps people find you in other cities and, and things like that. Yeah, but absolutely. I think social media is a, a beautiful thing. I think it's great. I think that there's a lot of it that's forced and that's fake and that's 
disingenuine and that's that's nature that's always gonna happen that's happened in magazines for decades you know it's just if it wasn't online now it's just like a bunch of people with their own little magazines with a thousand followers each you know so it's it's nothing's changed it's just broader now um so i think that yeah it's always gonna happen so you you, you sort out who you want to follow you know that's all i can tell people it's like if you don't like what you're seeing on instagram follow unfollow them yeah that's the beautiful thing about (laughs) it and the internet's yours and people do you know i think there there's a large percentage of people out there that just appreciate the the genuine approach to it yeah. and you know like if you have like it in you to like put those stories out and that's what you want to be doing like that's very cool yeah, but do it, but, yeah. but you can't tell sometimes when it is a forced thing and it's just like oh this band posted 12 times today again yeah like, it's but, really or it just yeah i don't know it's, it's it's so funny and you can always tell when like a label takes over like a band social media post for like a big ad or something it just doesn't sound like it came from the band or doesn't again that's just the nature of how things go but uh, we we very much believe in transparency online like we we're just very if there's a curtain to pull back we've pulled it back you know like we really just don't don't feel like that wall between fans and bands is really there anymore and that's also attributes very much to social media and it attributes to that constant update that you have to do and people always want to know what's going on you know bands before could just they just put out an album and they just toured and they did their promo runs and that was it. And now it's today. It's like, you got to keep up on your Twitter every day. How'd that show go? How'd this go? Everyone's got to see, you know, it's, it's almost like a tour didn't happen if, if you didn't take the photos, but I, people look at that as kind of a gross thing. I kind of look at it as, as an advantage. Like, Oh wait, sweet. I get to share what our tour looks like every night. To people who aren't coming, it's awesome. Yeah, it's very so, cool. All the technology and yeah, all the two cable. sides to every coin in this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, you know? for sure. I feel you. And it's just like anything like, things in moderation are yeah, right. a little bit better. Exactly. And, um, I think that like part of the demand for the transparency is just people wanting to know that they're investing maybe their time into some people that they actually give a shit about yeah, and want right. to know that they're not like terrible people. And, right. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's people can sniff out dishonesty. I think now online more than ever. Um, I think people really crave that. Um, and I've always craved that in lyrics, to be honest. I've always really loved descriptive, honest lyrics that didn't really hide behind much, uh, many metaphors or, or anything kind of secret. I've always really liked lyrics that were just like, this is what ha- this is literally what happened, and I'm going to drop their name in the street that it was on, and I'm going to say the restaurant we went to, and I'm going to, you know, I, I've always, uh, that's why I, I, I take that into uh, my writing a lot, but I, that's, it, yeah, again, just honesty is such a, it's such it's so much more fun. It's like everyone's their own person. You've got your own story. Like tell it. It's it's cool. Yes, dude. I'm about I'm about all of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what were some of those those lyricists early on for you? Or, um, or some so of the ones Max Beam is from Say Anything is okay. one of them. Uh, I've always thought he was in uh, 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 Motion City soundtrack. I always really liked their lyrics. Um, just like lists and things that are very specific to what happened. Um, and then later, uh, when I was my, my first, I only went to college for two semesters, but during those semesters, this was in 2014. Um, this is before I started the band and I was listening to a lot of the front bottoms and modern baseball, um, two bands that at the time no one was really listening to. And I was, I was like, Oh, these, like, I thought they were like just the dopest lyricists and the songs were, it was just so dependent on the lyrics and that was so easy for me to fall in love with. Um, and then on the other side, I'm such a I'm such a sucker for melody and in a big chorus that that's kind of what where my songwriting finds the the middle ground. It's like I, I look for the big, uh, exciting, fun chorus, but also I want these lyrics to be something that people can dig into and and actually find meaning in. And uh, there's something realistic happening and there's substance and depth to what's going on. But I want you know. So it, it's interesting the future of the Rex, what it'll be. You know whether. 
you know how what direction musically it'll go, but it'll always come down to to depth in the lyrics and in a big chorus. <laughs> like, yeah, very cool, yeah. man. Yeah, uh, I don't know why. Maybe it's just because uh, they put out a new single recently. But I've been going back to a, another dude that's just just about these these simple like descriptive things very pinpoint sometimes is is a dude like chris caraba from dashboard so and yeah yeah i've just been listening to that unplugged record a lot lately uh and and i think he's a dude that that it was always very good at that so i just met chris uh a few days ago uh at we played a show with uh dashboard and paramore at the rave in milwaukee and the night before i met him uh he found out that i was having vocal trouble on the road and uh uh, this has nothing to do with lyrics, by the way. And oh, he, uh, he he found and he got my number and he he texted me and said and he sent me these like essays, teaching me how to fix what was going on with my voice and what proper steps to take and correct technique as far as warm ups go and things like that. And he just kept going and going and going. I'm like this dude is someone I looked up to when I was growing up, like writing songs and like just as a music fan. And I I thought like. Who the hell am I? Why the fuck is he? Like, wh- wh- just, just this surreal uh, yeah, moment. Yeah, where yeah you- sure. And I was like, like, and and he just kept going and going. And he goes, uh, you know, find me at the venue. Um, let's go over. So then I go into his green room. Um, at the rave, and we sat there for like an hour and a half, just chatting. Uh, again, just like what it's like to take care of your throat on the road, and just philosophies on it. And and he was he showing me what he was he would do to warm up and things like that. And he just kept going and going and going. And he, he said he made the point like you know I said so why are you doing this like you don't have to, you know like I appreciate it but like. And he just said, you know, no one really did it for him growing up. And he had to learn the hard way. So why not pass that on? And that was just, there's mo- there's few moments like that that happen in the music industry where you're actually like super inspired by someone like who's being honest and doesn't really genuinely have to do that. Isn't doing it for any other reason. Then And then one day I like blew my voice after that show and he's like calling doctors and hooking up doctor's appointments for me. I'm like, dude, you're putting out a new album right now. <laughs> like you're like, you're working with, you know, there's like a, you're doing all these things. It's like, but he's taking the time to like uh, help this 22 year old kid who's touring for the first time on his first headlining tour figure out how to how to how to not blow his voice out and i just like what a good fucking dude you yeah know? that's beautiful man yeah. that's that's very cool and yeah. just for someone to pass that knowledge down and and for it to be him yeah and of course and, you, got, you know you got to pay it forward too like yeah. so so it just it's just it's times like that are just really inspiring and, and, and he's a killer performer like i've seen him yeah the last couple they years with, they killed it with at the rave the, yeah, he was playing with a, a group called Twin Forks for a little while. Yeah, I saw and I saw Twin Forks. Yeah, and I yeah. saw them play a couple times. Um, they played on a tour with Augustana like a couple That's years ago. That's the tour I went on. Right on. I, like, yeah. I went to, sorry. Cool. Yeah, I saw them like back-to-back nights here in Portland and then Seattle. And he's just killer, killer live performer. Yeah. He crushes it. I think it. that show was with uh, The Tragic Thrills, too, was on the bill, uh, which are friends of ours. But yeah, um, it was a really good show. Yeah, man. So I know... That this band is is based out of Los Angeles, but um, you guys all kind of come from all over the place, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I'm from uh, upstate or like western New York, like near Buffalo, kind okay. of, but like an hour and a half south of Buffalo. Two of the guys from Jersey. Aaron's from Wisconsin. Um, Weston is from uh, all over. He lives in Rochester. Uh, born in Detroit, lived in China. He's been everywhere, but. Um, yeah, we all kind of got together. I'm assuming that's where where the rest of the question is going. Yeah, I just I'm yeah. just kind of curious how the how the Rex became the Rex. And yeah, I so our bassist Aaron, I met him online on Facebook like seven years ago, and because he was in like a band that I thought was cool or something. Like he or no, his band opened for a band that 
I thought was cool. And I was like, wait a minute, but my band has the same amount of likes on Facebook as Aaron's band. Why aren't I playing shows like that? Why am I still in my small fucking town <laughs> playing at the library? Like, wh- what's going on? Yeah. So, you know, it turns out that Aaron, Aaron booked the bands for his own college. So he booked his own band on the show. Nice, <laughs> but, nice. Um, but, you know, that's where I was. I was just... So I met so I met Aaron through Facebook just like and he became a really good friend and really supportive of my music which was just god awful at the time but he was really kind and and cool about it and then so years later he started interning for uh, Richard Rains who's our uh, manager our managers Richard and Stephanie Rains in uh, Los Angeles he was interning for them for their management company and so when I moved to California to pursue music he introduced me to our manager Richard and was like hey this guy um, you know he's a manager blah blah, blah. and so I started. Uh, working as a writer for uh, some of Richard's like developing bands like bands that he would have come through LA and like he would try to help them or like whatever and uh, through that I would just meet I would meet kids all the time just like you know these young kids who were just super fucking talented and and they were in they were in bands like they come with their full band and then they you know so those bands fall apart or or um, you know whatever it may be so fast forward a couple years later and I'm looking for the band and Aaron and I are auditioning people in LA like trying to find band members hanging up flyers in Guitar Center and hanging up flyers at the mall like trying to find guys to play in our band and uh, you just end up attracting a certain crowd when you when you audition people in Los Angeles and that's not to say anything I guess because no one's from LA so no one's going to be offended by that but <laughs> like it's just a certain type it's people who are like kind of full of themselves or full of their own like looking for they've got their own ideas of what they want to be as an image and so it's just like not what we we're looking for and so i just went into i started l- looking for you know kids i had met in the past through these bands that i was kind of like hanging out with and working with and um uh that's where that's where we found uh uh billy and uh nick schmidt our guitarist and drummer um and i hadn't actually met nick schmidt but billy's like hey i got you know i got my friend nick can he come and i'm like no nah, man we already we already have a guitarist we had this other kid i'm like no we're good and he's like oh, all right and Nick Schmidt's a huge, knowing now, he's a huge part of what the band is and what the sound is. And so Richard, our manager, was like, N- maybe have him send over like a f- audio file, like something, like let him let him audition, man. Yeah, yeah. So he sent over like eight minutes of original stuff, and I was blown away. I was like, holy shit, kick the other guitars. I was like, hey, thank you, but like this dude's the man <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And we were, we, it's not like we had ever like played a show yet or anything, so it wasn't really like kicking someone out. It was just like, and that that guy's doing his own thing now but uh so nick schmidt drives across the country with billy immediately we had a different guitarist in the band before but that didn't work out so uh so again it was like we needed a fill-in and we had met weston because he was just around and hang out with us in la and he was just a friend uh and he was also like randomly interning for the management and he was like a great guitarist and a friend of ours were like hey do you want to be in the band and he said yes and finished his last couple uh, months of college and yeah that's the lineup now very cool, man. Uh, so primarily, do the tunes come out of these songs that you're writing? And the first three, yeah. So the three that we have out right now, um, I had written right before we all got together as the band. Uh, we hadn't recorded them yet, uh, but I had like the demos and the basic ideas. Um, some of the riffs fleshed out, some of them not. Um, that just comes down to like their styles as guitarists, you know, doing their thing. But um, yeah, they were just like I, I was just kind of tinkering with with what. I considered indie rock music. I don't, you know, I was just like, I was listening to like the, a ton of the Strokes and Vaccines and Pixies and Jesus and Mary Chain and all these bands that just made me feel like something. You know, that's all I want out of music is to feel something. Yeah, and, man. And so I was just, it was catchy and it was cool and it was fun and it was different. And some of the album tracks are just weird and go in all these different directions. And I was like, that's, you know, before that I was doing like pop punk music. You know, I was like, there is such a world out there. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> and I sure love the scene for what it is. It's just like, as far as being able to open up your creativity and let a song go anywhere, 
alt rock is where to go. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems to me that you've kind of cultivated the sound out of out of both of those things, yeah. so, and brought that like some of the pop punk elements to rock and roll. Yeah, you know? sure. And, yeah, and uh, yeah, especially like the first jam uh, we played before we got into the conversation. Uh, like, turn it up. Yeah. Um, like when I first heard that song, I was I was just like couldn't help but feel like some some jet vibes yeah totally you know, love first, jet the first jet record jet was also a huge band when i was like when i, when I was first writing uh, rock songs was, like, for sure huge band of that. yeah and also um yeah i w- i later found out just like the other day that uh you guys like cover that jam every yeah once in a while. so we didn't want to do it for the longest time because we especially early on like a lot of the early demos were very much like jet yeah and so our managers were like no you're not gonna cover a jet song you all you sound like jet like you can't <laughs> co- and we've always we've only done covers in the past we really changed the song and warp it into this if it's a fast song we make it slow and beautiful if it's a slow pretty song we make it fast and punky so uh, we always love changing a cover but we were like it, we had like the day before the tour started and we were just like jamming in production rehearsals when we had extra time like this song's pretty easy actually <laughs> so we just jammed it out and so halfway through the tour we just started breaking it out as a cover just because why not uh and we love that band. Yeah. It was either uh, it was either Are You Gonna Be My Girl or Cold Hard Bitch, and uh, we just thought we'd go with one that more people might know. Yeah, for sure. No, I definitely get those vibes and some Cage the Elephant from from time to love time. Love Cage, yeah. But then also like the pop the pop punk vibes with uh, like this next track that we're gonna get into is uh, we're gonna we're gonna play this this I don't like you jam. Yeah, and I feel like this is totally has some some 41 vibes yeah it's just like uh it's um, it's the groove of the chorus for sure yeah, yeah and there's definitely some tunes off those first two two records from some 41 that that i that would have been i think i don't think it was with. the first uh rec song that that i've written that that had come out at least for sure there's plenty of demos before that but yeah that was the that was the first one so it makes sense that there would be a pretty smooth transition there Right on. That, like that's the break that happens yeah well, let's get into i don't like you this is the, this is the rex everybody yeah. Tell me one time, tell me what you wanna say Cause every single word I've heard a million times And in a couple hundred different ways You're out of control, don't wanna see me lose my mind Cause every time I do, I make a fool out of you So come on, let me hear it one more time I don't like you Get in my head 
I wanna see you try You can't get in my head Oh no, not this time So it, it seems to me that for just having the three jams out right now, the Rex have definitely, you know, picked up some some early traction. Yeah. And been been well received. Yeah, we uh, like as far as like you know timelines for bands go, we got insanely lucky for for how short everything happened. I mean, we got into the studio just days after we were all in, the, in a room together for the first time. Like I had some of those songs written, but but you know. We had we had hardly even jammed them as a full band. Like we might have played them once or twice uh, together until we got. Um, uh, I don't know if you know the story of recording the first EP. I don't. Um, so uh, I'll give like the moderately short version of it. But uh, basically, we all were in a room together for the first time, and in, in I'd say less than a week after that, I don't know the exact timeline, but definitely less than a week. Uh, I, Aaron and I get like a group Facebook message from this girl, and she's like, "Hey." I'm house sitting for this guy who's he's out of town he's in Japan and he's 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 got this studio at his house do you, you want to come over and drink some wine and like record a cover like just mess around in the studio and I've got like some like uh, like I don't know marginal producer chops so I could like figure out a studio and uh, at least a home studio right so I show up and this is not just like a home studio this is like a different building in his backyard <laughs> it's like a full studio with like yeah full full monitors a full drum room like like a live room, like insane vocal mic, like everything's just perfect. Nice. And I'm like, holy shit, like this is a studio. We don't have access to studio. We're all broke. We were doing like, like I was doing like medical studies still at the time. Like where they approve uh, like a test unapproved medication on you, like and then give you a check afterward. And Aaron was working at hotels. Schmiz was also doing medical studies and working at Red Robin. Like we were broke, and that was all going to rent. And so, but we had these songs. And now we had the studio, and we had our roommate Andrew, who's still our employee to this day and our best friend. He's our sound guy, and uh, but at the time he was just our roommate who knew how to record better than we did, and he was a great engineer. So I called him like, "Yo, guess should come over here like right now." And they all packed in Billy's truck and drove over to the studio, and within an hour we're cutting dr drums for the EP. And this uh, our friend, uh, <laughs> she's sitting on the couch, and I'm just like. Because we were supposed to like record a cover with her, but uh, so I was just kind of <laughs> writing with her, like doing like whatever to keep her like not to feel like we were like using her studio. But <laughs> yeah, no, she, for sure. Like in hindsight, like she's obviously was super cool with it. But um, but at the time I was like, oh god, I feel so bad. Like I'm, we're just like using her studio, but she was she was really cool about it. Um, so she I said to her like, how long do you have this place? And she's like, well, you know, he'll be back in like a week or so, but I'm gonna be here these days. Like you have these. She gave us these time slots we could be there because. Uh, we, it was from like 5 p.m. to 9 a.m. on these three days, and we couldn't be there during the day because the what, the ex-wife of the owner of the house would come home during the day to give the diabetic cat its shots. Like <laughs> we couldn't be there during the day, so so we would uh, so we'd get there and it'd be light out, and we'd leave and it'd be light out. But about 14 hours had passed, and 
and it was just this insane experience. We didn't know we had no time to make any mistakes. We didn't really know what we were doing. Andrew had just been an assistant for this guy Brandon Paddock, uh, who has recorded some big like hardcore bands and some uh, pop punk bands. But he was he he just worked as an assistant for him, so he just learned how to like actually patch up drums correctly and correct mic placement and all these things that he had been doing his whole life. But he just now learned how to do it correctly and editing and everything. So and I just had like the creative producer side so we just went for it and did it and we tracked the, th- the whole thing in those three days and and we left with a uh uh and so we get a call the like the third day uh just to back up we get a call the third day and the, the girl who let us in she's like yo the ex-wife is on her way to the house like are you guys there i'm like yeah she's like, you have to get the fuck out like you have to leave <laughs> and so we're panicking there's dominoes everywhere there's like wine glasses and bottles like it's all clean like we yeah. i'm glad we're the band that we're in that studio that way because because like if any other band stuck in there i can i can almost guarantee you they wouldn't have taken such a nice care of everything but we uh uh we i mean at the time there was domino boxes everywhere so we're like cleaning up everything freaking out and we uh we we pack up billy's van uh, like truck with all of our garbage and our gear and we uh i swear to god we're like pulling out of the driveway and we get to go around the corner and she pulls into the driveway like, <laughs> behind it, and we all just like <laughs> and we get home and we're like yeah we did it we're good and then andrew's just like guys we're like what the holy peas on his computer I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, I didn't have time. I didn't have time to put it on an external. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck. Like, so there was a m- moment of time that turned it up. I don't like you in favor line. We're just, could have just been on this guy's computer. Yeah. Forever. For sure. Never would have gotten them. Never would have been able to mix them. And uh, that would have been it. But instead, uh, t- like two nights later, Andrew uh, <laughs> goes on this black ops mission and pulls up to the house and like sneaks. Uh, yeah, I swear to God, like I, I envision it with him wearing like a black beanie and like a black <laughs> black suit. But he sneaks around the side gate and goes into because I'm pretty sure the wife's wife is home at this point. Sneaks around the back gate, goes into the there's a key still under the mat, sneaks in there, plugs in his external in the dark. He's got his vape in hand, just like watching the thing load, you know, just like <laughs> watching it transfer and then uh. pops it out, comes home external in hand you know just like, god i got it and then we had to learn how to mix the songs for like two months it took us forever because we didn't know what we were doing we were just doing it on our laptops and on his studio like his bedroom speakers and uh it took us forever to get those songs to sound good and then one day we're just like our manager was like you got to put the songs out we got to put them out you're going on tour with nothing with thieves soon like you got to put music out so we just said one night we like cracked out on red bull and just like kept he'd sit down for 30 minutes i'd sit down for 30 minutes he's like go take a dab in the bathroom he'd come back out sit down <laughs> like we just kept going and going and going and then, then we like stopped and we're like yo yo this sounds like a song this sounds like right like we, we had to automate the bass for three hours but it sounds right now like whatever we did like all the mistakes we made all the bullshit like somehow uh it worked and uh that uh that that song we put it out the the day Favor Liar came out as our single uh, Jeff Regan at Alt Nation played it on a show, and Allison at Spotify uh, she runs all the big rock Spotify playlists Allison Hagendorf and uh, she put it on like the top of a bunch of her rock playlists and so that and then that was the first date of our first tour with Nothing But Thieves and this was in f- March this is in March of 2016 so this is three months after we started the band. And we're just like, that's insane. Holy shit. Like that day was just like a turning. It was like March 28th or something like that. But it was like a turning point. Or no, it was April 20th. I don't know. It was like a turning point for the band, basically. It was like, I remember it was, uh, it was, it was definitely a big day for us. And we were, uh, it's, it's from then, it's just been like thing after thing and, and riding the wave and taking every opportunity we can get and doing whatever we can to push the band forward. And uh, we're pretty impatient, I'd say, as far as the success goes. So for we wanna, sure. We want to keep it going. and and work as hard as we can to make that happen. Yeah, is it is it hard to acknowledge that it's all happening 
like around you or are you kind of able to step back from time to time and be like this is fucking crazy man like this is this is kind of a lot of people's big dream to to have the opportunities yeah that you're getting and i know after this don't you guys head on on tour with like new politics New politics yeah yeah that's who i watched twice in high school (laughs) you know like very very crazy no it's it's there's those pinch me moments all the time like i'll I'll sometimes i don't know why it always happens when you get out of the shower i don't know what why showers are so nostalgic somewhat the water something about the the water no no (laughs) i'll I'll be in the shower (laughs) and i'll just get out and i'll just be like what the fuck man like how is this this is like like we're, where are we? you know like I'm, I won't know what day of the week it is or what city we're in and that blows my mind and it's such a dream come true, and I think that, you know, I definitely have those moments all the time and I can't speak for the guys but everyone's super grounded in our whole camp and I can only imagine they I mean I know Schmiz architect he's he's a pretty outspoken guy but he's always like man I can't believe it dude this is crazy you know he just he gets so hyped. <laughs> um, that's but, so cool man but it's it's admi- it's admirable and it's it's inspiring to watch someone like it that excited and it's just like I think we all do it's just everyone everyone experiences things differently but we're all just like blown away every without every opportunity that comes and every tour that's bigger and people that are fucking coming to our headlining shows like that's crazy like with, with three songs out people are coming and they're singing along to songs that we haven't put out because they s- watched YouTube videos intently enough to, to learn the lyrics and that that's fucking insane i would have i would have given anything when i was 15 or 16 for someone to sing a single lyric back and to to have to be able to put a mic out when i'm losing my voice at the end of our set and just have them take over for me is like there there is nothing that can describe that feeling it's it's just it's it's yeah it's it's a cliche but it's quite literally your dreams coming true right in front of you and and it's important to just as like a note on top of that, it's important to like set those goals for yourself in those milestones too, because it's easy to just thing happens and then it gets bigger and then bigger and bigger. And then you kind of forget like, that there's no trophy. No one's going to be like, here, you finished your first headlining tour. Here's a trophy. Here's that, uh, here's that, uh, closure that you need to know that you succeeded. It never happens. So people spend their whole lives just searching for this thing that a happiness or, or accomplishment or success. And it doesn't exist. It just, like today, right now, do I feel successful? Like right, right. now, am I happy? That's yeah. all that you How can How do you feel yourself. right now? And right now, we're in Portland, and I think we've done over like 200 tickets tonight. I'm, that's, that's I'm proud. I'm happy, and we're going to go out, and we're going to crush it, and the fans are going to be amazing. And that's that's where you, I think it's important to just like – that's something I'm learning. I'm trying to work on is just is just waking up and being like, have you accomplished so far? Like you know, And obviously, you want the goals, and you want to yeah. keep pushing, and you want to – you have to have those aspirations and you have to envision yourself being the biggest fucking band in the world or else what are you doing, you know? And, and I think that that's healthy, but it's also healthy to recognize where you're at and be fucking stoked on the fact that anyone is showing up to see your fucking band. For, <laughs> like, absolutely, it's, man. That, yeah. It's so cool. And it's cool that you're able to, you know, maintain some perspective or at least be conscious of that right now just because you know it it is all like happening right now like yeah i mean this is show number 37 of this tour which by the way is fucking crazy that there's that many <laughs> shows in the tour but um like it's easy for it to just become like an everyday thing yeah but but you know it's it's as soon as you even start to slip into that monotony you know that like oh man this, you know this is this it's the same chips and salsa and peanut m&ms that were on a rider yesterday like the minute you even catch yourself doing that you're just like you shake it off yeah like he's like what are you are you fucking you're crazy? hanging out go eating outside M&Ms. go <laughs> off fucking side you've never seen the city like yeah get out of your green room <laughs> like, you know um so what is what is the the plans for the next release for the rex 
Um, looks like we're trying to put out a single in January. Um, our label can't decide what that single should be, and neither can we. So okay. <laughs> we're trying to figure that out. Uh, we've got a whole EP written and recorded. Uh, we When we signed our record deal, they were like, all right, here's the budget now. You don't have to break into anyone's studio. I right, go to LA and work with this producer and put together, record a record that you love and an EP. And s- we did that. And we tried that. And, uh, after three weeks, three or four weeks in LA, we had this product that didn't feel like our band. And we're like, kind of in this, in this moment, it's like, you know, you, not for a second did we think that we were going to sac- you know, subject to that and just be, oh, well, this is our, you know, so our songs now. Cause yeah. So we threw it away. Um, and and the, I mean, the quality, the creative, there was a lot of cool stuff about those songs, but it just wasn't what we envisioned for our band. It wasn't exactly it. And I don't think with enough mixed notes, we were going to save it or enough re-record. It was just not the right yeah. vibe. So <laughs> we had no money left. We had blown the EP budget and we said to our label, you know, and our management, like, well, and I was like, there's a studio in the middle of nowhere in New York <laughs> that my buddy owns. Uh, my buddy Patrick Berry has a studio in a barn in uh in Fillmore, New York or Hume, New York. And I was like I, I proposed this idea that the whole band move into my grandma's house, uh, in Wellsville, New York, and we would drive forty five minutes every day in the cold of winter of like Buffalo, New York winter, to this barn every day. And then that's where we'd write and record the like finish writing and record the E P. And they were like, Well, we got no money, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck it, go for it. Um, which you know, go, and we brought Andrew, and like he was, our, he engineered it, and I produced it, and it was exactly the same way we did the first EP, and it was on our own terms with our own, you know, with our own ideas and our own dietary restrictions of pizza logs and buffalo calzones. Yeah, every day, you know, and <laughs> it was just it was fun to do it. It was it was depressing being in in the middle of nowhere in the cold, but it was also inspiring to be shut away like that, and and we we were just able to do it our own way. And I, you know, again, I just don't ever feel like we know what the fuck we're doing. Even with the single doing really well, it's like, I don't know how we recorded it. I don't remember. Like, you just do it, you know? And it felt like the same way getting in the studio. You're just like, you just sit down and you just do it. And and that was, that was we had like a month or so to get it done. And uh, so four of the five songs, the fits, uh, one of the songs we recorded in LA with our friend Colin, uh, Colin Britton, because we did the demo with him, Schmitz and I did, and we just loved the vibe of it. And I didn't, just as a producer, I was like, he nailed it. I like this. This is what I want this song to feel like when, when it was put out. This is what I want it to feel like when we play it. Um, so we just went back and re-recorded some parts and got real drums on it uh, and kept a lot of the vocal takes from the first demo because it just like captures something that day. And I think it's really important to recognize that and not try to overdo a song or anything. Um, but yeah, so that's so there's five songs coming out on the new EP. Um, hopefully we'll be able to announce it soon. You know, Right on. I I appreciate so much that you uh, recorded those songs and just like threw them away because yeah. you didn't because you didn't believe in them. It wasn't our band. Yeah. Like that's that's very cool. It wasn't our band, and you know I don't know. It, it's just like you you got to be proud of what you're putting out 40 years from now, and you know especially if if it's if it's gonna flop, I want it to flop on me. I want it to be my or like our mistake. I want it to be. I I at least want to take that burden. I don't want it in my head to be able to blame anyone else. So if, if you know, if the songs didn't do well and this other producer worked on it, it's like, oh well, he wasn't the right guy. You can set all these excuses for yourself, but I would rather bet on myself any day of the week than to put my trust in someone else that I can blame for it later. So um, that's so that's pretty much why and how that happened was like, all right, well, this isn't right, and so if we're gonna fail, let it let us fail. Let for us sure, be the reason it failed. Yeah. Uh, is try to remember one of those those jams. It's that's not. All right. All right. It's not. This is the first. Uh, I've been ignoring the tweets for a long time. Just from curious. I, I found love that, that video. Song. Yeah. It'll. Uh, it'll. 
I'm sure it'll sneak its way into something someday. I really do love that song. Um, it's not one of the songs. Yeah, it was only f- cool. when we have five songs. It's hard to throw a slow song on there, you know. Yeah, so we for try sure. to keep them all upbeat and fun. Um, but we gotta look. We're we're writing a full length in January and February. We already got a million jams. We write a new song every day in soundcheck when we have time. Uh, today we wrote a really cool groove. But we'll uh, when we finish on, we usually have like ten or fifteen minutes and we just start jamming. And so w- with thirty eight dates on the tour, we're like, okay, we can uh, we can probably have quite a bit of music here if we do try to do this every day so we'll have like 20 or so ideas by the end of this tour that'll just turn into hopefully most of them will turn into songs or of some sort so there's there's an there's an album coming that'll have uh some slow songs on it and hopefully that song or right on. a million others that we've randomly played that people can find on youtube but yeah we'll for see. sure um yeah it's wild that you guys have just kind of become a band on the road yeah yeah oh it's, it's a, I, w- I love recording on the road too um, just like doing demos and stuff because there's so much time on your laptop that you can sit there fucking with stuff, but then you can just plug in randomly at a venue and just like plug into your interface and just make it happen. Um, Nothing But Thieves did that when we were touring with them. They they took, a, Andrew and I brought our own portable studio setup and they took it from us and put it on their bus. They didn't take it, they asked for it, but like, because we couldn't record in our van. So they set it up in the back of their bus and they wrote most of the album too while we were on tour with them. Nice. And that album's <laughs> fucking amazing. That's so awesome. It's definitely, it's definitely doable and it was inspiring to watch them do it so successfully and they would jam out the songs and sound check and stuff and uh, yeah, really inspiring band for our, our whole band is it. Our band as a whole, uh, Nothing But Thieves, has just been someone that we, a band that we just look up to a lot. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking the time before you hit the stage here and yeah, chatting dude. it up with me. And yeah, I'm sorry if the if you listeners could hear the sound checks going on. No, that's great. Time, but it's, yeah, uh, usually it doesn't come through at all. But if not, you know, it's it's, hey, we'll see. it's some real shit. Yeah, you this caught a little of, uh, brick and mortar and lovely the band soundtrack <laughs> in for tonight's show. Uh, we're gonna play the episode out with uh, a jam called Favorite Liar and um this is the first one we put out yeah every time i hear this song man i feel like this is going to be a very like cool jam for for people that are in high school and college right now that like in 10 years they're going to hear this song and like have very fond memories about like their lives at that time yeah it's i think it's that that, kind of song that is the vibe i get from it yeah sure i think some i think some songs are like meant to be timeless and then other songs are meant to uh describe a time of your life um and neither are bad. Neither like uh, I, I, my favorite songs are maybe timeless songs, but like maybe some of the ones that are more important to me are songs that like I don't listen to anymore. But when I do, it brings me back to this time. So that's yeah. I I, I would totally agree. I think this is a, I think Favorite Liar is a song that is is for it's not for anyone, but it's it's it, it can definitely resonate really well with uh, with with people you know, between maybe the age of like 16 and 25 who are just like maybe going through something or can, can really relate to that kind of angst that it's got or like, it, fe- it sounds young, but it, it feels, you know, it, the, the, the message is big, but yeah, it's, I agree. I think it's, a, I think it's a, I think it's got a bit of a constraint for the time that'll be like, and which is exciting too for the growth of the band because we'll, that, that's the chapter that the band was. Absolutely. And, and hopefully maybe it's a chapter for the listeners too and we yep. can all move on and, and, and continue to enjoy it as the future goes on, but uh, watch the band push forward and not be uh, not be defined by a single or anything like that. Yeah, I look forward to to see what the the next release is is like. Yeah, hopefully yeah. Uh, it flops and we can get dropped by our label and we just live <laughs> in uh, live in barns and work at Red Robin and do medical <laughs> studies again. Uh, we end every episode of the uh, the podcast with the guest saying the tagline, which is "It's a program." It's a program. You did it. Oh, that's done. You did it. You done. did it. That's, done. that's Nick from the Rex. Yeah. Uh, we're going to play it out with a jam called Favorite Liar. 
This is it, everybody. We will catch you on the flip side, Portland. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. All right. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I remember going out to see the big rocks, but without you knowing, I hope you're not too mad. I go alive. I go alive. I remember weekends where we got too cool for them, and I remember thinking maybe we could just pretend tonight. Just tonight I wanna wake up with you I wanna wake up feeling tired I wanna wake up with you I wanna lay there for a while But that don't change the shore
Bandicam's actually real. It's a program.